episode 85, Spacey. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. And welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board games, tabletops, RPGs, miniatures, but always about the games we play. I'm your host, Brian, and co-founder of The Games We Play, and with me this week, my co-host is my lovely wife, Emily. I'm Emily. Hey, Emily, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 85 of The Games We Play. We appreciate you listening. We're going to be talking about some games this week. Well, I mean, that's what we always do, but we're going to be talking about more games this week. Um, so we got some new games coming your way. Uh, we kind of have a theme this week, unintentionally. Um, apparently, we played a lot of space. S- spacey? Spacey? Space-type games? Spacey week? Spacey week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very spacey. <laughs> that was a spacey take. <laughs> um kind of sounds uh, like spicy. That's why I said it was a spicy. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, uh, thank you. This is not a normal format. We are in pandemic still. Uh, so typically we have smaller segments, you know, with different topics. Things are short, you know, segmented, whatever. Uh, but right now, just during this time with uh, difficulty trying to play games with other people, mainly just Emily and I play games at home, and that's <laughs> Pretty about much just just us. <laughs> that's about all who we play with. So it's it's a little difficult to get together and record with Chris or Corey or stuff like that. So uh, we just basically just been talking about some of the games we've been playing to try to share uh, games that we have been playing, and maybe you find the next game that you really like or or maybe love or don't love in in some cases. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, I just wanted to, before we get into actually talking about games, this actually comes out uh, the 21st. So we just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Obviously, uh, you know, we we have different viewers across the world. So whatever you might celebrate, in our case, is Christmas. Um, But I hope everybody has a wonderful time of the year that you enjoy your your friends, your family, um, a company, however, in whatever you're able to do but hopefully you can get some games in and, and that's yes that's a great time of the year because i know i have like 15 i was just gonna say to i know in. we will be playing 15 games before midnight <laughs> on new year's eve <laughs> that's um that's less than two weeks to get uh, you better get to going <laughs> 15 more games in because my goal is 125 unique games. I'm at 110 at this moment as we speak. But we have quite a few new games on the table, which we'll talk about maybe at you the end of the episode. You can do it. Uh, we'll get there. I, I, I fully and I fully expect us to be able to play that many maybe games. Maybe you'll get some new ones. Maybe we'll get some new ones. We'll see. We'll I, I, see. I know we got one for Denver. It's a family game, so we'll be able to play that for sure. Uh, We kind of have a a tradition on Christmas Eve where we like to get a family game, a new family game that we like to play together. And so Christmas Eve that night, you know, before bed, we get in our pajamas and then we play a board game together, the three of us. And that's kind of a tradition we started the last couple of years since Denver has been getting older and and wanting to play games. Well, when I was growing up, we played games all day on Christmas Eve because we were so excited for Christmas. Sure. It's the only thing we could do. You just played play. Monopoly, probably? <laughs> we played Monopoly and Balderdash. Balderdash. Categories, Cranium. Okay. Life, Nuts, the card game Nuts, a.k.a. Nerds. Sometimes called Peanuts, I think. Peanuts? I don't know. It doesn't It's matter. our family's favorite game. But that was our tradition growing up, so I wanted to continue that when I became a parent. 
And so now we play games on Christmas Eve as well. Yeah, so we like to wrap that gift up and then give it to him the Christmas Eve for the gift to open, and then we play it. It's a lot of fun. Year I don't remember what game we got, but we got something. I think we actually got two games. Yeah, for I don't remember gift. either. We, we, we need to what... wrap those. <laughs> we do. It's sitting in a Amazon box upstairs, so we'll get there. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and move on, Emily. Let's talk, get into this and talk about some games. So first game on the list, do you want to go ahead and talk about? We tried out Selenia. We saw this online and then decided to just go ahead and order it blindly without playing it first. And so we got that on the table. It was really fun. Well, I'd, I had had heard about it on another podcast before, so I, I was kind of aware of it and I heard good things. So oh, I personally had not seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> it was on sale and I think we got it with the target is that right the target buy two get one free yes yeah yes that was it so we finally got in it took like two weeks for them to ship uh it must you know obviously busy time of the year but we did get to the table and it was was quite interesting so do you want to explain kind of high level how the game plays so in the game selenia you are on a planet called selenia and it has One hemisphere has all day sunshine and another hemisphere has always nighttime. So you are traveling around in this blimp type looking spaceship to drop off supplies to each side of the world because they're lacking in those since it's always sunny or always dark. So as you're playing and picking up resources and dropping off resources through playing cards, the board is continually flipping as the airship moves across the planet. So it, as you flip, they're kind of like these boards with different tile blocks printed on them. As you flip it, then it goes from night to day to night to day as your ship moves across. No, that, that sounds about right. If you can try to visualize, and this is kind of hard to explain, it think of a, if the board... With all these strips, you know, they're kind of, they're octagons like connected together in one row, but you have multiple rows that are separate. So I guess big tile rows. I don't know. Uh, the idea though is, is if you think about it, it sh- as the airship moves, then the board shifts kind of think a treadmill, like think the mm-hmm. board is a treadmill, if you will. And so the, the row on the backside flips over and then goes to the front of the board. And so this the the spaceship or the the blimp or airship whatever essentially stays center of the again the quote unquote board which is made up <laughs> of these strips that fit together and so the idea is you're it, it gives you a feeling that you're moving your spaceship because you're you're continually moving from night to day to night to day as you're traveling around this world i guess um and that's what it kind of feels like. And so, yeah, I would say like the board is more of like a treadmill, if you will, and your spaceship's moving along it, if you will. Um, it's kind of interesting. The artwork is really, really cool. It is really cool. You also have like each player has their own deck of cards, and that's how you decide what your play, your action is for the game for that turn. So when your when your deck of cards runs out, the game is over. You only get a certain amount of turns. Yep. So your cards have different values on them. And depending on where you place them on the board is what resources you get. Because because on the board, they're floating islands, I think is the idea of it. And on like the sun side, that's where you're going to get your food and everything. And on the the dark side is where you're going to get your water resources. Thematically, that makes sense. Because if it's always sun, it's going to be dry like desert. 
um, and you'll be able to grow food. But if it's on the dark side, you can't grow food. Anyway, um, on the islands, they have the resources printed. And so as you put your card down, whatever the number is on your card, that's what the resources you get. So if you place your two card down, which you only have a couple, your cards make of zero, one, and two, then you'd get two of the wheat if you put on a wheat spot or two water if you put on the water spot. And if you put a zero down, you don't collect anything of that spot. However, the zero is what actually makes the, the spaceship or the airship move. And then that's when you resolve moving the pieces to the front. Um, also, when you put, put it to the front, any of your cards that drop off, on the bottom of all your cards, you have some special action. And they give you resources or victory points or various other things. And you collect those as your cards drop off. And so you're... You're always strategically filling up the spots behind the airship and then trying to move your airship because you're trying to collect all those resources. And then you're putting the resources in your hold, which is kind of cool. There's a hold um, on for your board, like in front of you. And then on your turn, um, if you go to one of the, the, the victory point spots instead of a resource spot, you can actually turn those resources in for one of the fulfillment tiles, like to make a delivery. And then you take one of those tiles, there's a pile of them, and then you put them on your ship, and they're worth victory points at the end of the game. And so they have the the what you need to print. So it might say two water and one wheat. They collect this, and you do it, and you get victory points. And then you can collect sets of those, and they give you bonus victory points at the end of the game. And that's pretty much it. Pretty simple, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you just go back and forth each turn playing a card. I think you only have like 16 or 18 cards. So it's not really that long of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, plays two to four players. So, you know, it's it was a simple game. I think there's four pages of rules, maybe. And it looks great on the table. Yeah, it has a really cool presence just from the artwork. It's it's a very fairy tale-ish mm-hmm. kind of feel to the artwork. It's very vibrant, very yeah. cool with the colors. It, it feels like you're in this little magical world that's different than your own. And you're helping people. Not to mention the cards that you have are kind of smaller ones, but there's a hole in the middle of all your cards. Because when you put them down on the spot, it fits perfectly within the, the square. Um, but the circle, the hole in your card shows what resource or what... It's considered like the porthole of your ship that you're traveling Oh, yeah, in. that's right. They do call it the porthole. And so you can see what resources is is on that, that space too. So even from the components, it's very uh, mindful to work with the game to make it really easy to play mm-hmm. um really yeah. easy game i think we played in a half an hour two-player game right and, and that was even learning it i'm pretty sure and there's an advanced mode that we didn't even play so there's two sides to our mm-hmm. our player board on the other side of the player board your cargo hold gets smaller from eight to resources of six but then there's these special tiles that come with the game where you can upgrade your ship essentially to allow you to get uh, bonuses for collecting stuff or get more cargo hold or whatnot you can kind of customize it yourself which is really neat and it has a different scoring mechanism that's a little harder uh, but is a little more for advanced players so there's definitely looks like replayability with Mm -hmm. it and it like i said it does play from two to four players but two players there wasn't any special rules that i recall and it played really well at two players Mm -hmm. Um, but i i think it would be good at four players too it would be interesting i think it would play really well at four players because they would take different spots yep yep a little with the area control a little bit i mean area control doesn't really matter but if somebody does put a card down you can't put another card down there um so there's gonna be less places to go but it would spread out the map a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah it really cool simple game but it's very 
very neat. I hadn't played a game like that where the board actually shifts. And mm-hmm. it does give you a feeling that you're moving yeah, throughout this world. Yeah, because the colors fade like into day or into night, which is kind of, it's just really pretty. And there's different fulfillment tiles for night versus the day side. Mm-hmm. So you have to do a little planning where... Uh Uh-oh, we're coming up to day side. I have the resources for this night side delivery, but I need to find a place so I can deliver before he hit sun. Or maybe you exhausted some of the resources that you would do for night side and you're collecting and preparing for the day side because the day Mm -hmm. is coming up. And so you can kind of prepare for the next couple moves ahead. It felt like I had a lot of options. It never felt, I don't know, forced into anything. I, 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 does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I had, I, I think we both had abundance of resources. Yeah, so that was never a problem. ran out of spots to put them because you can only have eight total. If, if anything, we probably could have optimized better and got yeah. more deliveries and got a lot more victory points. But even then, we still, I feel like, did pretty well. But there, you could definitely improve. And I think we tied on this game, didn't we? Yes. We tied again. Yes, we tied. And you won the, the tiebreaker, wasn't it? Something silly. I don't remember what it was. No, I thought we just straight up tied. No, you're right. We shared victory. Oh, see? I was right. Yeah, I had looked it up. We shared victory. Yay. I think this would be like a great gateway game or like a good game if you're just getting into the hobby and you're looking for something easy to learn. But still looks great on the table. Has a different feel than most games. But has strategy to it, and so has it's not strategy. mindless. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's really fun. I really enjoyed this game. This was uh, uh, more of a hit than I thought, but definitely like the mechanic of your ship moving and those tiles moving. It, it that's so cool. Haven't seen a game like that. I've heard of some games that do, that do that, but I haven't played one, and I really enjoyed that. It's really cool. I'd like to see more games kind of do that. Yeah, I also really like the mechanic of collect the resources, and then, like, make a delivery. We kind of did that. That reminds me of that pandemic dice game. Yeah. And, and it's very thematic, mm-hmm. too, with this. It, it isn't yeah. some, oh, you're just collecting some gems that turn into this to get a card. Okay, well, cool. It's a victory point card. But what it this right. actually ties into the theme that you're, you're helping trading around this globe in this weird situation where they need food or water or whatnot. And you also can only buy those at certain times. Like, yeah. Either day or night. Which makes sense, too, because you're mm-hmm. only delivering. Or yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Really like the game overall. But that was linear. Yeah. It was a little pricey. So I think it's around 40 or $50. Is it newer? Is that why? I came out a couple years ago, I think oh. in 2018. But um, but yeah, I think the components are really are pretty solid. Um, all the like resources are wooden. So that's nice. Not mm-hmm. plastic or cardboard. Overall, really good quality with the components and even the storage in the box comes with these special separators and you don't even need to use baggies. It's pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you find a sale like we did, yeah, and that, we got that's it what on I was sale. gonna say. Like it's a great sale item. If you see it on sale, it's a almost an instant buy if mm-hmm. you get a good price yeah. for it. So that was Selenia. That's S O L. S O L E N I A. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Another game we let's played. Let's travel through space to the next game. And a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. So we're going to talk about, well, I'm going to talk about uh, Star Wars Destiny. So I, w- I had opportunity to hang out with Corey for a little bit this last uh, weekend. And so we played Star Wars Destiny. This is a fun two-player game. Now, this is a collectible game. I, I put card game in quotes because it is mainly cards. Uh, but if you're not familiar with Star Wars Destiny, it is like a collectible card game. Think Magic the Gathering or something like that. But but what's kind of neat with this game is it comes with dice. So some of the cards actually have dice that come with it. So when you activate or put your character out, 
it comes with the dice uh, or die or dice that you come with that character, depending on what you have. And on your turn or part of your action like is dice. rolling dice. I said I like dice. <laughs> and uh, part of your action is rolling dice and the dice have different uh, die faces and are unique to each character card it's it's with and all this is set in the Star Wars universe so I could have Obi-Wan Kenobi out there and one of the items I equip him is a lightsaber and, they, and I'm throwing these dice and he's attacking with melee hits with his lightsaber that's boosting it or um, I mean just all the villains all the good guys and you're always it's a it's a 1v1 game, although I think there's some rules for maybe 2v2 or something, because Corey and I were playing with some cards, and it's it said something about all your opponents, which is kind of weird, so I think there's some alternate rules, but either way, traditionally, it's 1v1, and um, it's a quick, I think we played 15-20 minutes at, at most, and I even played one of my silly decks uh, just to try to make Corey aggravated. It, I got Jar Jar Binks, which was like this legendary card. And it looks really bad on the, the surface on this Jar Jar Binks. It's really funny. Uh, it's rather thematic, actually. But you can use it with conjunction with some other cards and it becomes really silly and crazy. And it becomes a mill deck, which you're probably not familiar with. I don't know what that means. Uh, with most games like this, Star Wars Destiny, if you run out of cards, because you only get 30 cards, if you run out of all your cards in your hand and your deck, you instantly lose the game. So one, traditionally, the way you win the game, though, is you're trying to kill the other person's characters or heroes. You, you get a certain amount of points for heroes that you can customize your deck with. That's traditionally how you win, but you can also mill them. It's called a mill deck. The idea is I'm going to put cards in my deck that gives my opponent to discard and draw cards. And so, like when Corey and I played with this my deck, <laughs> I didn't hit him for any damage the whole game. But when he finally managed to kill my last character, my last hero, he only had five maybe eight cards left so i almost got him to draw through all his cards to lose the game and i didn't do any damage <laughs> on him so anyway i i like playing games like that i do that in hearthstone too it's one of my favorite decks it's a mill deck but anyway it's neither here or there you probably don't care if sounds you don't like the mill <laughs> anyway it's a, it is a collectible card game so you have to buy packs of cards and they get kind of pricey they're like two bucks maybe three bucks per pack because they have dice in them so each pack guarantees a, a dice, uh, at least one, and then a certain quality. And then the booster boxes, which has all these packs in them, guarantees like at least one legendary and X amount of epics and whatever. So what we've done in the past, and this is how Corey and I got so many cards, is I think Miniature Market or Amazon was having a sale because like with other collectible card games, they constantly are coming out with new versions, you know how it is. And we're not competitive at all, but in the competitive scene, certain versions, then you can't play in competitive, so you have to keep up on the new cycles. Well, the old cycles will go on sale, and you can buy a whole booster box for like 10 or $15. And in that booster box, I think there's 50 or 60 packs, or maybe 30 packs, which is a heck of a deal when you break it down. And so that's how I got a lot of cards, and so did Corey. And so... Um, we like playing this. This is a great lunchtime game at work. This is a great filler, well, kind of quote-unquote filler game. You can play three or four games in an hour. Uh, you can build multiple custom decks, and that's what Corina did. So we played this a couple times, had a lot of fun with it. I forgot how much I enjoy this game. It's it's one of those games I don't really pursue a whole lot, but then Corey really likes it. Uh, we both are huge Star Wars fans, so we kind of nerd out on it. And every time I play it, I always walk away like, ooh, I want to play another game. Ooh, I want to play another game. It's a lot of fun. Plus, it kind of has that collectible card type, so it 
there is something about, oh, I want to buy another booster box to see what I can get. Uh, but I really like the game. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it's kind of a money grab a little bit by Fantasy Flight Games. But even it being a little of a money grab, it actually still plays really well. If you want to try it out, there are uh, there are starter packs. So there's like a uh, there's like a Ray and a Kylo Ren, Luke Skywalker. There's a bunch of different Boba Fett. I think there's a bunch of starter packs you get, and it comes with everything that you need to play the game. And in, in the case of some of the starter packs, it's a two player one. So it comes with all the tokens and two decks of cards, a bad guy and good guy. And so you could try it out for yourself. And I've seen it on sale as cheap as twelve dollars or so. And so that's a great way to try it out. And if, and if yeah, you're satisfied by that, then that's all you need to spend. But then if you want to invest a little bit more, you can buy a booster box and start customizing your decks. It's a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, that was Star Wars Destiny. Big fan of, of the game. Again, a little cash grab, but uh, there's ways to get it cheaply if you're not wanting to play competitively. Would you say that if somebody had kids that were really into like Pokemon cards, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they this, would be really into this game? Absolutely. This gives you the same feel. Now, they don't come out with decks and new cycles as fast as Pokemon, which is nice. And it is a lot like it, except for you, it's not, it, you you have dice. It's, so, honestly, I think that Star Wars Destiny is a little easier to learn, personally, just with okay. all the rules and stuff. And a Star Wars. I know Corey's uh, kids, they really like it, and they've built their own decks and everything with his cards. In fact, I played against one of his son's decks, and he just wrecked me. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> So eventually you and Denver can play. Yeah. Yeah. So if maybe you have some kids that like the idea of Pokemon, but don't want to get into it and spend all the money, because I think that's a bigger money sink than than Star Wars Destiny. Mm. But it like Pokemon cards right now are just crazy. There's some new stuff that came out and they're like sold out everywhere. And I see these videos on the Internet of these un boxings and stuff it is a crazy amount of money right now and it's super super popular i'm not saying star wars destiny isn't but i think you could get the same feel and the same amount of content from star wars destiny but cheaper than you could do like pokemon or magic the gathering okay it's just a different theme in star wars love star wars but it has dice which is really cool i, I think that adds a little more i like dice <laughs> <laughs> it, it does add some more randomness to the game for sure uh, because even if you get that sweet card out there, if you roll that blank side of that dice, well, you're out of luck. But yeah, there's other cards then that you can add on that you can equip to your characters that allow you to re-roll or assign the dice to any side. So there's ways to get around it and mitigate it, which adds even more customization to your deck. There's a lot of shenanigans you can do, and you can build some really cool decks with it. To answer your question, that was a long-winded <laughs> answer. But yes, if Good somebody to know. likes the... Uh, <laughs> Pokemon and I, I like Star Wars way better than Pokemon theme personally. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's all in what you're used to or into. For sure. For sure. Well, that moves us right into Star Wars Unlock. Yeah, another little game we played. You want to explain what Star Wars Unlock is? So it's kind of like escape room in a box type game. Yep. Do they have a word for those types of games? I, I that honestly, I don't know what the actual genre. It's more like. Yeah, it's it's similar to exit games. It is it gives you the feel of a escape room, if yeah. you will. Uh, but it's cards and unlock is actually another series of games. Uh, because you have exit and we've talked about that. That's Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Those are really good, but those are one time uses. Yep. You're gonna be ripping up cards, marking up cards, pieces of paper. It has paper and cards and other materials in the box. The unlock series is purely card. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's just a deck of cards and that's it. And you don't destroy them. You don't destroy them. So you can reset them. But however, when you kind of do it, it does. it's not as fun to do it again. Like, you know what oh, to do. Oh, have you done it like twice? No, but oh. playing, I played several unlock games and we mm-hmm. own several. And it's just not something you would go back and play a second time. So the whole not destroying thing for some people is a plus, but I guess you could sell it then. You could sell it. These games, you see them on sale for $8 to $10. So even then, what are you going to sell it for $3, $4? The shipping is going to be more than that. And then most people aren't going to buy it. Well, most just sell it to a friend. Or or just give it to somebody or family member. But it it is all app driven. So it does, it's 100% requires an app. But with Exit, it doesn't require an app, at least on the ones I played. Maybe some of the new ones you do. Uh, but unlock requires an app so you have to have an app uh, because there's some interactivity with the app to be able to progress through the game yeah so they time you in the app and you can some cards could give you hints like if you're stuck you can get a hint through the app yep and then you like have to type in codes and stuff there's Um, devices you have to enter to get the codes there's there's other stuff that you have to put into the app to actually progressing. Which is kind of nice that it gives it that extra layer. It does. It, it makes you to do some unique things, mm-hmm. which we can maybe talk about without, try to without spoilers. But I think that's where it's kind of cool, different than exit games is because it does add that kind of AR stuff to the game, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. This one was kind of cool because it was Star Wars themed. So we were, I don't even you would know better than I would, but planet or whatever we were on. Yeah, so the there's actually three scenarios in this box, which is kind of cool. Your normal unlock games come with one, you know, you're done with it. The Star Wars one actually comes with three scenarios in it, and they progressively get harder. It also has a training or intro, which all unlock games have, and it's the exact same one from all the other games. The only difference with this, I think they pasted on some Star Wars scenery on some of those training <laughs> cards. But the tutorial is the same as every other unlock i've played so uh if you know how to play there's nothing different with this one except for its star wars theme but the first scenario that we did play is escape from hoth so we played as the rebellion trying to escape from hoth which is the beginning of star wars the empire strikes back which is pretty cool uh, so we played through that what what did you think about it i really liked it i star wars is fun but i can take it or leave it But I thought it was fun to kind of figure out the puzzles and stuff to move through the scenario. I really liked the theme of Star Wars. It's not just some random ship you're trying or planet you're trying to escape from. This did just feel like any other Unlock game. So if you've played Unlock and you like it, I think you'll really like this, especially if you like Star Wars. Now, if you've played Unlock and don't like Unlock then you're not going to like this, even (laughs) if you like Star Wars. This plays exactly like Unlock. There's really no difference. The only thing I could could see that was different was in the app. Some of those devices, some of the puzzles, I hadn't seen them do anything quite like what they've done in this with the app and some of the devices and puzzles. So that was kind of cool. Uh, remember that one that we did and I was like what is going on and then I, I figured it out and I was looking around with it that had some mm-hmm. AR in it that yeah. was really cool that was neat yes but overall I thought this one was actually easier than the other unlocks I did now this was the first one which is rated easy and then I think the second scenario is medium and then the third one's hard we haven't played the medium or hard yet but we'll probably get to that maybe this week yeah one of your 15 games. But we we did complete the first one. I think we got four out of five stars, something like that. I think we only had a couple hints. And 
on one of them we had it right but we were just we were like yeah anyway yeah it's either her um there was only one hint i'm like okay well that was a bit of a stretch uh, but other than that uh, and I think we got one penalty because in the movie you do something with the tauntaun you know what I'm talking about if you're a Star Wars fan and I thought that's what you had to do and you d- that is not what you're supposed to do I was like okay okay so <laughs> I got ahead of myself I'm like oh I'm a I know Star Wars this is what you're supposed to do and it's like nope you're not supposed to kill the tauntaun you're gonna die I'm like oh okay whoops um <laughs> Overall, it was fun. I really liked it. Uh, the only negative was that I think that you have to, you obviously you get the Star Wars app with it, the Unlock app. The music that comes with it was Planets. Um, not Star Wars. Not Star Wars music, because I think they don't have the rights to the Star Wars music. So they are playing Planets, so I, I we had to turn off the music. But we, we fired up Pandora and put yeah. on John Williams, which was, which was the right thing to do. But I just thought it was the weird right that they didn't have do. Star Wars uh, music rights or something. I, I, I thought it was kind of weird. Because when it started playing Planets, I'm like, oh, did it start playing my Pandora? Because I, I do like Planets. I like that arrangement. It's just not Star Wars. So. It fits with our spacey theme, just not Star spacey. Wars. Spacey. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It's, I mean, it's $30 for the game, but you do get three scenarios, so it's really $10 a scenario, which is the same price as the other Unlock games. So I thought that was pretty reasonable, even having Star Wars attached to it. But you, you kind of have to invest and buy all three, if you will, when you buy it. But I really liked it. I like this this mishmash or this mix, this mashup of, mashup. of Unlock, which I love these puzzles. and, and uh, Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Would it- I spend my own money on it? Probably not, but but if when I like, drag you into it, but if you, you like Star Wars and you like puzzly games, this is the one for you. Yeah, it's good fun. Okay, well, all right. Next game on our list that we're going to talk about is Space Base. Now we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we did get this in. This was one of the deal of the days. I think I got from Game Nerds or something like that. But that finally came in. And Emily had not played this game before, so I introduced that to her and played it because I, I thought she would like this, and I think she really did like. I this. really do. I would like to play again, maybe tonight. <laughs> oh, we're gonna. Okay. I don't know. That's the second time within uh, twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can play it again. I would really love to get the expansion, but. Before we go that far, let's, I'm going to talk about this game just a little bit in description. So if you haven't heard of this game, essentially Space Base is a engine building space theme game. The idea is you have your own little board that contains all your space ports, if you will. And they're represented with these small cards, uh, which are rockets, I believe is what they're supposed to be, or ships or something. And they go on spots on your board that are numbered 1 through 12. And the idea of the game is on your turn, you just roll the two the two dice and you activate your your station that the number corresponds with. So if you roll a seven, for example, a three and a four, you could activate the seven card or you could activate the three and four card because you could split up the dice. And on the cards, they're printed different things. So you can get victory points, you can get coins, you can increase your income and many other different actions that you can do with them. There's there's a lot of cool stuff in there, and I'll get that here in a second, but there's a various things that could happen on the cards, and then you collect your resources and whatnot, and then you can buy. So out in the middle, there's three tiers of cards. There's tier one, tier two, tier three, and those are more spaceships, and as you buy those spaceships, they will replace the spaceship that is already currently in that, in that dock. So, uh, for example, if you buy a five, you would replace 
the new one on your five and the one that was there, the ship now, I think thematically gets launched into space or something. But what you do is you just take the card and flip it over because on the bottom of each card also has a printed uh, reward. And then you slide that under the spot of that number. And you can accumulate one or many of these. And so the idea here, if you can visualize this under the five spot, I have my new spaceship on top of the board and then underneath tucked on the top is the red portion of the bottom of the card. And you could have many cards pointing up and they might give you coins or income or victory points. Or again, or a bunch of other things. And that's essentially the game. You're going to keep going back and forth until you get up to 40 victory points. And that triggers the end of the game. But what's really cool about this is if it's on the other person's turn, you get to activate your spots too. Now you activate the ones that are tucked under your board though, not on your board. So you can start to build up this little engine where in like in Emily's case, she had a car <laughs> tucked under every single number, at least one. So oh, no yeah. matter what I did on my turn, she was getting something yeah. on my turn, which is pretty sweet. And now you could put a lot of eggs in one basket and go heavy in one number, or you can kind of spread it out. There's a lot of strategy here and it kind of depends which, on the cards. Towards the end, I did. There were some numbers that were pretty heavy. Like there wasn't eight was really good for me. So it was eight, seven, eight, nine were really, really good for me. But I, I couldn't get a six for my life. Like you, every time a six came out, you kept buying up the sixes. <laughs> um, so I couldn't get a six for my life. But that was okay. Because the nice thing is you're not forced into the combination of dice. Mm -hmm. You're always, You could always pick the combination dice or you could activate two cards by taking the two numbers so your one through seven uh, your one through six becomes super super important right because you can get those all the time guaranteed one through six if you have something on there you could always get something which is pretty cool um it does have a unique mechanic that when you buy any ship no matter what the cost was you always go down to zero for your your funds so if you have 10 credits and you buy something worth five you're down to zero at the end of your turn regardless so you always want to maximize if you will but even between the tiers there's gaps in numbers so the highest in tier two might be eight and the lowest on tier three is 12 so i kept running into where i was like at 11 and couldn't buy anything in the tier three so there's definitely some efficiency and some interesting choices to make when you're activating your cards to see well does that push me up well it doesn't push me up so there's no reason to get one more coin to get me to 11 i might as well take the income, well, the income guarantees your minimal spending. So instead of going down zero, you're going down your minimal spending. So like in Emily's case, when we played, <laughs> how much were you up to for your income? Like 14, was it? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure Which it was is crazy. I, by the end. I was up to four. So every time I spent something, I'd go down to four. She would go down to 15, which is so you're, you're getting like a top level card every single time. Guaranteed by the yes. end of the game. Yeah. So it de it definitely, it's a longer game. I think it took us an hour and 20 minutes. Now it was your first time playing and we also had some, our son sitting next to us. Yes. And, and there were some things we had to look up. Yes. Which took a while. Yeah. But I think if we played again, it would go way quicker. Yeah. But it's definitely a great engine building game. It gives me the same feel as Machi Koro or Catan, where the idea is you're rolling dice and activating cards or activating places based off the number you roll. But it's much more streamlined and a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it also gave me the feel of Splendor, only better. A little bit, yeah, with a the engine bit. building. Yeah. yeah. And then I, having like those high level cards you can buy. Yes. And getting victory points too mm -hmm. from there. Yeah. 
I just really like that you are playing and can play on somebody else's turn. You're not stuck. Yes, to those I love that. And you get to pick one or the other dice or both dice. That that is great. Mm-hmm. It, it it makes that that curve a lot wider and bigger, and it gives you way more strategy and opportunities to win the game. Because if it wasn't like that and you had to take the two, obviously. You know, that five, six, seven, eight, nine right. become really valuable. When there's only four or five or only six cards coming out of that deck, and the decks are pretty big for the tier ones, every time a six comes out, somebody could buy it up and you might not get a chance to get that six or seven mm-hmm. because somebody else is buying it out. But now that one through nine is super valuable, or you can even argue one through ten is really valuable, especially one through six. There's always something good to take. No matter what. Yes. It was almost when it came to my turn, oh man. Which of these three right. cards do I want? Right. And there's, and, some, and there's some very, very unique abilities, which I was kind of alluding to earlier. So there's ones where you put charges, you can put cubes on them, and then on other players' turns or your turn, you can activate it by spending the charge on it. Uh, it's things such as shifting what your reward is by one or two or three, and you can you can actually stack them three or four spots. And so if, if Emily rolls that five, and I have really no good stuff on five, but my seven's really good i could burn that charge cube on my one that has two arrows to shift it over to a seven now i take the seven reward Mm -hmm. which is really really good for me um and so there's there's quite a few cards like that so it's not just straight up oh you always get money you always get income you always get victory points there's a lot of right you're gonna modify the dice there's ones in there where you can re-roll where you can change dice faces where you can acquire free cards from the center there's ones where you can swap cards that one's really cool where you can mm-hmm. swap. Uh, I had one early on where on my red one, I had one that had arrow to the left or right saying, well, not only do you activate this one, but you get the rewards to the left or right, which became really, really good for me because I stacked up a bunch on both sides. I was raking in tons of money and victory points. So there's a lot of customization to this game where there's tons and tons of replayability and it's really fun. I just really like this game. The more I play it, it really the fun. more I love this game. It, it Every time I play it, it shoots up higher on my list of favorite games. Oh, yeah. I would say it's in my top five. Wow. Maybe. Yeah, fun. <laughs> and the newest expansion that came out adds a campaign to it. That I'm really excited about getting. And there's another expansion, too. And I was looking at it. It adds some really fun... Could be kind of crazy mechanics to even make it more crazy and fun and replayability is just through the roof. So really like this game. This is such a solid yes. game. I it, definitely want to get the expansion. Yes. It's it's like on the top of my list for next game to buy is that expansion or expansions. If, if you want to try this game out, if you have Tabletop Simulator, you can download a free module in the workshop and get it the implementation for this is fantastic you just press a button and it's it moves the cards and puts it there it it's actually easier than playing the physical version and i'd almost want to play the digital version better than this just because of having to move the cards and tucking yeah. and it's always a little cumbersome with the physical version but it's a lot of fun i i highly recommend this game it is so good it kind of goes under the radar a little bit. It, it kind of reminds me of Gizmos as just a really solid engine building that doesn't get the attention and respect that it should because it's <laughs> such a good yeah, come game. Come on, people. <laughs> well, everybody who does play Space Space, I never hear anybody talk negative about it. It's it's such a good game. It's just trying to get people to play it. The instructions are yes, that's not the only great. downside. The instructions are a little confusing. Um, 
the questions that we had and I had to like look up, I think only one or two we did. I ended up finding it in the rule book where it answered my question. The problem is how the rule book's organized is is not great. It's a little hard to find questions on how it's organized. It kind of feels like it's all over the place where answers are and there's no good glossary that kind of recaps everything. Now the back page does 90%, but there's a couple, what's that icon? And you're flipping through and all the index and reference one doesn't talk about it. Well, it turns out it's like sandwiched between setup and gameplay about concepts on this little blurb. And you're like, okay, well there's the answer, but it's a one little paragraph in the corner of page five sandwiched between two places that logically does not make sense. That's the only problem about this game is the rule book. Uh, there is a lot of iconography in the game, but once you play it and, and and work through and figure out the answers for those, it becomes really easy. Like if we played it again right now, it'd be really yeah, easy to play. It would like, go a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. Really good game. Really like it. Highly suggest that that's space space. And I believe it plays two to five players, which is kind of unique. It's not a four player game. It plays up to five players, which is pretty cool. Nice. Check it out. All right. Well, that's our four games. I want to play about it, but I do want to give a shout out to one other game real quick is it's called The One Game. This is a Target exclusive and it actually was created by Neil Patrick Harris, MPH. And I saw this on a YouTube channel. I follow this guy called Chris Ramsey and he does puzzles, like physical puzzles. Uh, really cool YouTube channel. Actually, check it out. Really good high production value. He, he's a magician and he d- likes puzzles and stuff. And so he does a lot of puzzle stuff. He also does some magic stuff. And and he's a really cool guy. Really like his channel and his content. Check it out. But he actually interviewed MPH to talk about this. And he started playing it. And I like stopped, the, stopped it because I didn't want any spoilers. It starts out with some trivia. And at one point, it tells you to put a card in the freezer. Like literally puts the card in the freezer. What? It's like your second card. It's like, all right, take that card and put it in the freezer. We'll need it later. And so that's where <laughs> I stopped the video because... This isn't just a normal trivia game. And so there's some puzzle stuff to it. And that really intrigued me. And I've never heard of putting a card or a piece of component in the freezer. At least I haven't yet. I haven't gone through all the exit games. So you never know. (laughs) Yeah. But I hadn't encountered that before. And so that really intrigued me as being unique and different that I've never seen in a puzzle game. And so I stopped the YouTube video right there because I didn't want any spoilers. And I'm glad I did because this is a really cool game. This was not necessarily everything I expected. It was a lot of fun. You definitely need an internet connection. You definitely need your phone. Uh, you, you'll need to Google some stuff, potentially some of the trivia to figure out what to do. But you don't really need to Google stuff to figure out like what you do in the game to get past puzzles. You just need it for information, some of the trivia. But it was really fun. Really, really fun. I there was I, I don't even want to give me spoilers because that's the fun about this one is just not really knowing nothing going into it. But it is a Target of exclusive. I think it's $25 or so. And I think we got it on sale from Target on the buy buy two one get one free. So it ended up coming out to like $20 for, for me. It was definitely worth it. It's a one, it's a single player game. It's actually not supposed to be played as multiplayer. And it it you don't destroy any components or do anything like that. So you can reset the game and all the cards and you could give it to somebody. So that's what I did. I gave it to Corey to try. And I think he he texted me a question about it. So I know he finished it up and he seemed to like it. That was cool and definitely not exactly what he was expecting. And that's what's really fun about it. So I highly recommend checking out if you see it. Maybe it'll come on clearance. Maybe it'll go on sale. I maybe wouldn't pay full price for it, but it... it it gave me about two hours of, of stuff to do, and it and it was a lot of fun. 
and I highly recommend it. A lot of cool stuff in there that I hadn't seen before. So I'm gonna have Emily go through it to see what she thinks. <laughs> and oh, some of the component, man. the some of the components and the production value of this game is just top notch. So I think that's why it's a little on the pricier side because the production quality is really good. Just the print, the, the rule books, the cards, like everything is just really well done. It comes with a pen and a cool pad of paper that you use for notes and stuff that I guess the notes and stuff isn't really required, but it definitely, definitely helps to keep notes and some of the clues you kind of have to write out and figure out some of the trivia and, and puzzles by writing stuff down on a piece of paper. But just even including a pen and paper, a pad of paper, and it's all customized for the one game and MPH and stuff. And that's really cool. That there's just like a nice touch that nest doesn't, doesn't, isn't necessarily needed, but it's really cool. So yeah, it's called Box One, presented by Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, or Theory Eleven is the is the company that helped produce it. It's twenty nine ninety nine at Target. It is a Target exclusive. You can get it other places, but everybody's marking it up because it's Target exclusive. And maybe I don't think people realize that. Uh, but we were able to pick it up. You can buy it online. Uh, our local store doesn't have it, but you can buy it online. But uh, definitely suggest picking it up. Maybe on sale. I wouldn't necessarily play a full price but check it out it was a lot of fun kind of the same vein as unlock and some of those other games where it's puzzly and stuff so all right well that should about wrap up the the episode we appreciate you listening hopefully some of these games intrigue you maybe the check it out check out board game geek check out pictures it's some really solid games that we had a lot of fun with mm-hmm. uh, kind of a space spacey sci-fi theme i guess other than the one game but a lot of fun. Enjoyed those games. Uh, Emily, anything else you want to talk about before we take off for the episode? Yeah, we're working on getting our game goals for 2021 nailed down. I think we have a few ideas that we've settled on. We'll have to see if we're going to do anything else. But we would definitely like to hear what your game goals are, if you have any ideas of what you're going to do. Um for the next year. Yeah, please do. Um, anything unique, because I know Emily and I have been kicking around ideas, and it's really hard to decide. It uh, is. And it's hard to make it challenging, but at the same time, still wanting to be fun. I, I don't want to be something where it's, oh, uh, we have to play a game. Right, yeah, goals. no, I want it to be fun. But we still want it to be fun and kind of challenging and kind of push us to play games at the same and time. And we, so. we want goals that force us to play games that are on our shelf. Absolutely. So it's a it's an interesting dichotomy <laughs> to go yeah. back and forth. It's There's a lot track. of elements. <laughs> so, yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, I believe next week for ep- the next episode, for episode 86, I think Emily and I are going to be recording for episode 86, which releases the 28th. Just with scheduling and trying to record around Christmas, mm-hmm. it makes it a little difficult. But then the week after that, Chris and I will be back on the 4th, and we'll be talking about episode 86. And we'll probably have a lot of games to talk about and yeah. probably talking about Christmas because that's post-Christmas and New Year's, and um, it should be a lot of fun. Well, so. you're going to have 15 games to talk about. Oh, <laughs> I'll have to space them out. It's it, maybe I can slack a little bit after the new year so I could stretch that content out for the podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe next time we'll just, we will, by next time we'll have our goals finalized. So we'll talk about what our, our plans are for the next year. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll plan on talking about gaming goals on the 20th and talk about Christmas and some of the games we've got. Maybe a couple of the 15 games, not all 15 games. <laughs> we'll talk about a couple of the 15 games that we played. All right. Well, thank you if you made it this far. We appreciate you listening, and we en- we enjoy doing this. We enjoy talking about games, yes. and hopefully you picked up a new game. Maybe you've played a new game because of us. That's that's all I really ask, and hopefully you found your next favorite game or your next game that you've bought, and hopefully haven't regretted based off what we talked about. <laughs> 
but we, we really do appreciate you listening. And we hope that you have an amazing holiday season. Absolutely. Filled take, with lots of games and family and friends. I mean, social distancing, whatever. Whatever <laughs> but, your situation you're safe with. But we with. hope that you have a lot of fun and feel the love. And play a lot of games. Play a lot of games. All right. Well, from the games we play, I am Brian. And I'm Emily. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GamesWePlayPod and at GamesWePlayPod at gmail.com. Good synopsis. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got lost in the middle. Sometimes I start sentences and then I don't don't know where I'm going. Sometimes I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going.